0: Hey folks, and welcome to episode number 154 of the Phil Swallow podcast, broadcasting on Saturday, broadcasting sounds so grand, uh, recording uh, on Saturday the 22nd of July, 2023. Hope you're doing well. Um, often struggle to think of titles for the show. Uh In an ideal world, they'd be clickbaity and all sorts of people would see them flash up on YouTube and wherever else and flock. But um, also, it's to be reflective of the content and what I've been doing. So, boringly titled, Kate from on the Hill. Uh, That's one of the things I've been up to this week, filming there. Anyway, uh, I don't think it's going to be a super long show today. I don't know in advance, but I'm just going to go for it, Uh, tell you what's been going on and that'll be it. So, uh, the weather's rubbish today. Uh, We've had quite good weather. Oh, excuse me. Uh, We've had quite good weather um, in terms of it not being terribly hot because the Gulf Stream has protected us on the UK from the heat situation in Europe, mainland Europe. But we are suffering by having a little bit of rain today. So, uh, that's one of those things, I guess. So... Let's go through some of the bits and pieces before I get to Cape from on the Hill. The first one is the RAF, RAF Addington mystery is now, I believe, completely solved, and it's something that I'll commit to in a video at some point. Now, I'd indicated some degree of success in the last show. can't remember if I mentioned the fact that I'd seen on a website, a forum, about someone saying oh in 1943 phone book the number was Spring Park 5050 for that particular location but I found another forum entry where someone had listed all of these uh, air ministry um, maintenance depots, uh, works repair sites, whatever they they sort of come under different names that are interchangeable uh, and there were quite a large number of them but I'd seen a particular entry referring to this particular site and Because of that telephone directory reference, I knew it was going to be the one that was nearby because Spring Park Exchange is 777 when it was kind of 01 and whatever it's a version of now. And that is the area. That's West Wickham's number, uh, telephone exchange number. So that was good. And then a couple of other people confirmed it. And then I ordered a book from... Uh, abe books or ebay or something i think it was abe books abe they're very good for old second-hand books and it was uh by joyce walker it was the history of west wickham in the second world war something like that the title and in there on page 38 i found a reference that for me confirmed everything and it was a story of a a local guy a civilian who worked in that depot he was one of a hundred. And their job was to repair airfields in the area. And we think that that would have covered not only Biggin Hill as the nearest, but probably also Kenley and Croydon. And it was a way to sort of base your location over along the road, Kent Gate uh, on Addington Road, and then go out and do your repairs and, and works away from potentially getting hit if you were attached to the airfield, either of those airfields, any of those airfields. So, pretty certain that's it. Uh, I'll do a video and uh, maybe chat to the Croydon people. In fact, I was thinking, filming-wise, it will be short, but I'd like to film it there. So, I'm probably going to have a chat with them and say, look, because it's locked up most of the time, you know, can I pop up there and just wander around with a camera and take 20 minutes and, you know, do my bit. So, that that's going to happen at some point. So, that was good. Uh, I got round to joining a library. Now, I had... <laughs> Uh, exciting. Uh, I had an old library card from years ago. It had a barcode on it, and they kind of put it under their reader, and it didn't do anything, so they promptly destroyed it. But libraries are very much a different thing nowadays. Not only can you get books online, so Kindle or or tablet-type books to read, you can get audio books uh, all free. Um, you can reserve and extend and all this good stuff, just making sure my screen doesn't go off so that I can you know, look at what's going on. And uh, so I did it and I got access to those various apps. Actually, I meant to call them yesterday because I had a query, but I'll do that next week. Also, they're doing a the thing where it's like a pilot scheme uh, in Selsdon, which is my local library, where you can actually get access out of hours. There's a security guard there and there's your official entry information, cameras and all that sort of stuff. But it's just a way of, you know, making use of library resources because you can pre-reserve books and then go and borrow them and then, you know. And actually, a lot of what I do does require information that's in old-fashioned printed books, other than the subscriptions I have to many other websites, you know, the Newspaper Archive, Genealogists, and Forces World Records, and Ancestry, and the list goes on. More recently, aerial mapping. Anyway, so uh, join the library, so looking forward to make making use of that, and uh, that was pain-free and a way of using kind of services that are there to be used, really. You know, these are these are run by local authorities, so... Anyway, I got round to filming at Caterham on the Hill. Uh, Did that on Tuesday lunchtime-ish. And this is where I took the Caterham on the Hill town trail guide and map and followed it around and brought it to life through the medium of film. So I'm editing that at the moment. I took a break from editing to have a bit of lunch and come up and do this very podcast. But it's very interesting Caterham on the Hill. I hope to get the video out within the next day or so, which would be good. Which would be good. Um, there are eleven, ten or eleven stops, I think, on the trip. Maybe twelve. Uh, I'm up to about three on the edit, but some are more fiddly to edit than others. Um, but you know, that's part and parcel of the process. I like what I've done so far, and that's important. So hopefully, you guys will like it when it comes out and goes live. Uh, and that I think actually. With school holidays starting now, it would be a good thing for families, particularly in that area, to follow the trail. Because you can just download it or get a printed copy from the library at East Surrey Museum in Caterham Valley and follow it. And the advantage of my video is that you'll be able to kind of do that online as well. So Coach from the Hill, very exciting. Um, Learned a lot and looking forward to getting it live. That's the title of the show. Uh, what else has happened? Yes, Kenley Ken Nets Success. What does that mean? Well, when I made the video with some very good people from Kenya Revival, that went live beginning of last year, I think now, January 22, there was a quite a question. I often do this, I pose a question in the video because we don't know the answers, and opening them up, opening them up wider can often mean we get some more answers. So what happened on this video is that we we found these kind of pegs across the top of the blast pens there at Kenley. And there are also some concrete channels with kind of metal structures in on the ground either side, left and right of the pens, blast pens. Any doubt, just look at the video, uh, Kenley Walk and Talk with guests uh, in my library. So we didn't know what what these for. We, we thought they might have been for nets. The problem is with the height of the plane and the height of the pens, the nets would kind of be touching the planes. We couldn't see quite how that will work out. Anyway, I think it was Thursday evening. Uh, I got a comment through on the YouTube uh, notification page. And he said, have a look at REF North Weald. There's a picture of a Spitfire. And he gave the marking, the registration number, letters. And he said, in that picture, there are some nets over the top of a blast pen sure enough go over there brilliant picture i think the same picture is also available in the uh, uh, imperial war museum website and if you look at that ref north wheel picture just on the left it's clearly got the kind of triangle shape of the pen with netting structure over the top so it goes up and across with kind of scaffolding poles and i shared that with linda from kenny revival she was very excited and i think that we're going to say That that probably was in position at Kenley on the blast pens, but possibly a slightly different design. I think it was scaffolding and a kind of square, almost, you know, like you have a a cage to protect your plants from birds in a garden, or even something to keep birds in if you have an aviary, that kind of box-shaped structure. Well, it it was a bit like that, basically, and as I say, if you look at the picture, you can see. So... That's something to follow up on because for the first time we've actually seen, albeit it's the, a section of a photo, it's pretty certain that that's what it relates to. I did look at some aerial photos of uh, North Weald in, uh, from wartime and couldn't really see anything that confirmed it. And, you know, maybe the, these structures would have been the first to be taken away or they were only put up in certain situations. They were probably camouflaged, but they would go over the blast pen and just provide a little bit of extra protection or visual deferment I'm, I'm, I've made that up deferment for the eyes uh, anyway so that's that and finally uh, the other thing I did and this all happened like often some purchases do on a whim um, on and off over the last few weeks I've been thinking that uh, my MacBook needs upgrading it's a 2017 model Core i7 works okay um, works fine actually it's in very good condition but I wanted to move into the M1 MacBook and, if possible, get a slightly bigger screen. This is a 15-inch at the moment. So I went online to do some digging looking at the M1. Now, we just, we're just on the way f- through the M2, M3s around the corner. And I saw a really good priced model in the AO.com website or on <clears throat> the AO.com website. And I I often do these things and I'll select it and I'll... I won't buy it straight away. I'll kind of sleep on it and maybe refer to people, my son being one of the people. And I obviously you take a chance that it might go if there's only a small amount of stock. But it wasn't, it was there. And I ordered it and it came on Tuesday morning and it's a wonderful machine. I've done the the transfer over of all the content from my current MacBook, which I will sell. And uh, it's as snappy as anything. Um, One of the things I was keen on was the, looking at the battery usage. And I think I've used it for about an hour and a half uh, and it went down 1% on the battery. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. I think that's part of the benefit of having these M1 processors that uh, Mac have nowadays. Now, the other thing is that with the Mac I have now, the MacBook that I take out and about when I'm doing talks, it only has the USB-C connectors. So you have to kind of have a dongle if you're going to use a connection to a projector or... Even the power supply is just a USB-C. The great thing about this particular iteration is that they went to dedicated ports. So it's got its own power port, uh, which is like a MagSafe you know, magnetic connector. It's got three USB-Cs. It's also got an HDMI out, which means I can use that to connect straight to my projector or to a, a normal kind of TV projector. And the only thing really that I would need to use a dongle for is if I needed to put into a VGA connector for a, an older style, uh, you know, presentation uh, situation. So, uh, But I know, I think for the next two talks that are confirmed, I'm bringing my own slide projector, which takes HDMI. So hopefully I've not lost too many of the audience by talking to these technicals, but it's, it's gear and gear is always good fun. So so that's that. The other thing that's happened this week is there's been a few very specific uh, research mini projects or even micro projects. One of them came up on a Facebook group that I was tagged into. And I've asked the person to get in touch with me and I'll liaise with them and tell them what I've found because I've actually done some digging on it. And the other one is from a lady that was a Sandistead resident, now lives out in Australia. And we've been corresponding about some of the memories from her childhood. And I'm looking to do some more specific uh, micro research for those as well, because it's always good fun to find these things out. And because, as I mentioned a bit earlier in the show, I've got connections to so many sites, I'm subscribed to so many. And because of the experience that I've had in looking into these things and digging out information on research basis means that I'm actually probably quicker than the next person who's got to learn it all and or subscribe or try and find a way around it without subscribing. So none of these subscriptions are super expensive. Um, the genealogist one's reasonably expensive, although I think I've got a deal on that. Ancestry Sue pays for, so and I, I can use that. So we kind of share it. But uh, other than that, a lot of them are fairly nominal, to be honest. So that's good. Anyway, uh, I slumped in my chair. I think I slumped in my chair. Sorry if I spent most of that podcast slumped in my chair. I don't always look at the little monitor that I've got here. Um, here <laughs> but uh yeah i slumped anyway so i'm off to uh to carry on with the Catron video now and get that up and running and hopefully up to youtube target is tomorrow afternoon fingers crossed i've got time available to do that other than process this and put it put it live on the uh, on youtube and on my um, online version so uh it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening watching and supporting the show generally uh please stay in touch (laughs) look after yourselves and i'll see you and speak to you in the next episode